0: Tell you what, I've been all over the place, but there's no place I'd rather be than right here in Studio R.
1: Here in Miami. We moved the whole studio (laughs) down to Miami, remember?
0: We don't have a name for this studio, and I think calling it the podcast studio is weak. Okay. Studio P? Nah. I think we could do something better. I'll have to check with, you know, Pellegrino and Nick and all the power players here. But I do think I would love to open it up to the 33% to come up with a name. But the problem is it's not just us in here. Mm-hmm. So we got to figure out. It's Howard Beck. It's, it's you know, Connor Rogers. It's Matt Miller. It's a something, lot of people. Something with the word
1: pod, like playing off you know, like the pod couple. You know, that's, that's the yeah, person yeah. that pops in my head. Oh, but like, nice. there's, there's a lot. There's a lot we could do.
0: All right. Well, hey, g- get in there. Get in the comments. Let us know. What up, 33%. How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? L-E-F-K-O-E man with David Ingber. Hello. How you feeling, bro? It's good to be back.
1: I feel like uh, you and I haven't, like, sat down and, and had a conversation with <sighs> microphones in front of us. Just in general, we just haven't had a conversation. That's how I
0: like talking You've to you. You've been crisscrossing the country, though. Hui, Chicago, All-Star Weekend. I want to hear everything. Atlanta in between. Um, Tuesday show's going well. Um, All-Star Weekend was fun. It's, it's so different than Super Bowl. Because Super Bowl, it's a media extravaganza. All-Star Weekend, there's a lot of media, but it's run by Turner. They're the only ones that have anything on TV. Mm-hmm. So there's really no morning shows, TV shows that go there. All of my TV friends that work at other networks take vacations during this time. I'm seeing, like, oh, yeah,
1: I just got a few days off
0: now. I see Nate Burleson over there in in Maldives. You know what I mean? I hit up Nick Wright, and I'm like, you're going to be there? You're a big basketball guy. He goes, this is the time of year where I take a vacation because they're getting ready for everything. So really, it's just TNT.
1: Are you sure that that's because it was NBA All-Star Weekend and not because it was in negative 17 degrees Chicago? That might be it. I think of All-Star Weekend. Well, no, weekend... because when it
0: was in L.A., they weren't there either. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. good
1: to know. Because, like, if you hold it in New Orleans or Miami, it might be a little different.
0: It's right? a smart move. Think about the upcoming schedule. We're about to get to the Combine. Then it's going to be draft season. So someone like Nate Burleson is going to be busy for a month debating which quarterback is better, even though they have the same fucking conversation. I'm going to get to my issues with Combine. Like He's fired up. Well, I used to. this used to be my favorite time of year. And now I just see the same conversations every year, and I can't handle it anymore. Then you have NBA playoffs for May and June, and then you have that lull from June to, like, August before training camp starts up. So if you don't take a vacation now, like, it, th- this is the second wave that's about to hit us. So you have to take it now. Right. I don't do vacations anymore. <laughs> I'm getting married, so it, that'll be my vacation. But All-Star Weekend, it's like, Shaq and Chuck and Ernie are like the biggest celebrities of all. And then you have these NBA players. But here's what I've learned about how All-Star Weekend has changed. There's this other community of autograph seekers that are some of the most, uh, they should be FBI agents. There was one time where I was leaving the arena and I swear to God, it was like Goodfellas everywhere I went because I'm with Turner so every time I walk through with Grant Hill, Steve Nash, and Channing Frye, we're walking in the back of a kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like we're, Good we're going style. exactly, and like the back of an arena. Yeah. So I didn't even see anything because I'm just going through these tunnels all the time. And we walk out of one, and there's like these three kids looking for autographs. We end up leaving the arena, getting in a in a in a, a quick van, getting to the hotel, and those three kids are right there. I'm like, how did you beat us back to
1: the hotel? No, the real autograph seeker is working as like a burger chef in the kitchen that you walk oh, through. He rips off the chef hat and he's yes. like, ah, oh, it's Mr. Nash. I'll take an autograph.
0: I'll say this too. You might think that people know you and then you go around like a real NBA star. Yeah. What There was one time, so my Friday night, I did TNT halftime with Grant Hill, Nash & Fry. Right. And I did not know where our set was going to be. And I thought it was going to be like in the lobby because I saw it on NBA TV earlier. Well, they walk us right along the baseline. And what's weird is when you're behind Grant Hill and Steve Nash, you see everyone react to them. And it's like watching a disease spread (laughs) where people are like, Steve Nash. And and Grant Hill could run for president. Like that's the vibe he has. (laughs) I told him he's a step below Obama. In terms of like that energy that yep. he's got,
1: I, I feel that way with uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, sorry, Jalen uh, Rose.
0: Right. No, but Grant Hill is like if if Jalen Rose had a really classy older brother, like that's Grant Hill. Great. Okay, I can see And so I'm walking behind them, and it's just like, "Whoa, sign this!" And you're and and then that's when you just put your head down. You're like, "No one's. I don't. I don't need it, but I also don't want it right now because I didn't know where the set was." So we get up there, and the set is like in the middle of the arena and you have like 20,000 people and it's halftime. So they're all looking at you and you'll, as a performer, you'll get this. It was weird. Cause it didn't impact me. And that was the first time where I've been in front of a lot of people and didn't like look around and go, Oh, I got a lot of people watching me right now. Like it was more like, okay, what's the A block? Yeah. And that was a weird fucking thing to click in. Yeah, sure. Um, but watching, like being around Chuck or Shaq and like seeing, how people react to them is still mind boggling to me. Now, Shaq can just keep walking and nobody stops him. Charles will stop for everybody. There was one time we were in a bar and I heard Charles go, so y'all are both lawyers. And I was like, you don't need to make small talk, Charles. He just, that's who he is. And, and I, I, I said to him one time, I said, Charles, I don't know how you do this. And Charles goes, haven't worked a day in my life. And I'm like, shit. He just enjoys it, man. He just, he fucking loves it. But I'm going to
1: share a story with you just for my reason, because while you were in All Star Weekend, uh, you know, I've been working in New York for a long time and I know a lot of the theater community and our friend Meg, shout out to our friend Meg. She just got her first Broadway show. She's been grinding in New York for, you know, 10 plus years and she got in the show Wicked on Broadway. Holy shit. And so we went and there was like 20 of her family members drove in from Maine and there were 10 friends and we were all like freaking out laughing every time she did anything and it was just, it was that thing of like, you can get jaded in these moments, right? Where you yes. just like, oh, I you know, people, I have friends that are on Broadway. I have friends in TV shows at this point. I have friends that are in some of the biggest movies in the world. Yeah. But seeing your friend be in her first Broadway production uh, and, and Wicked, I mean, like one of the truly epic one. New York shows, it was, it was really just like brought a tear to your eye moments and just remembering that like, sometimes these amazing things like this, this can be the dream for someone and it's a, it's a big deal. And it's nice when you can feel that for someone else.
0: So what's funny is is that's the DMs I've been getting from the 33%. People seem very happy for you. I want to say thank you because it's like look man, we did this podcast for a long fucking time. And it's kind of like, I feel like, um, like for me, I found like a music artist, right? In the beginning, I was like, oh, that's my shit. And then like, you start seeing them get on and you're like, you feel like you're on the ride. You're a proud parent. And I get that message and I appreciate the 33% so much. I had one moment that I'll share that was like, it hit me more than anything else. Uh, I'm with my friend, uh, who's a sneaker designer and we're, he's friends with Jaleel White, who is. You mentioned this. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, we all got to hang out. And we did lunch and, like, very down-to-earth dude, Jaleel White played Steve Urkel. Stefan he
1: Did he tell you, like, he's got any projects in the works?
0: I didn't ask. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, we were, we were talking about other shit. I don't even remember. And we're walking into his hotel and there's three young African-American kids selling candy bars for their basketball team. We've all seen this. If you lived in New York, someone has tried to sell you chocolate to support their basketball team. And they go, oh, Urkel, Urkel. And he goes... I got 20 bucks for the first person that knows my real name. Oh. And they're like, Oh, they're They're frantically Googling and stuff. And then someone's like, Jaleel white. He goes, there you go. And then we walked in. What a move. And, and we're up in my friend's room and we're like, isn't like, that's crazy. Like that, that happens. And we're, I was asking him about like the, the, what, what is that like for you to like be known so much synonymously with someone where your name gets lost. And he was very relaxed about it. And his perspective is interesting. And as I was leaving, my fiance was with me too. Those three kids were like, hey, anybody else up there? And I was like, nah. I was like, no, man, you don't have to worry about it. And then one of them looks at me and goes, wait, you're Adam Lefko from TNT. And I said, I am. And he goes, you're a rising star. And the kid was like 12. Nice. And that shit hit me in my fucking chest bone. And it was like it wasn't like I had like Trey young came up to me at one point was like, yo, I'm going to try and win that bet for you with Shaq. And Dude. that fucking weirded me out. Cause I was like, I'm used to doing a podcast where people don't watch. You Which know so what I people, mean?
1: For people that, d- that didn't see it, I yes. made a bet with Shaq on the air. Right. And I could see your nervousness of like, am I allowed to just like make a bet right now? But it was like you had to wear a yeah. Tank they were top. not happy
0: with that. I accepted the bet. <laughs> that if if Damian Lillard won the three point contest, I'd have to do the next show in a tank top and underwear. And that if Trey Young won, yeah. Shaq would have to do it. So Trey came up to me. This is like before the one of the practices, and he goes, "What's up?" and daps me up. And I thought I would like looked around, and he goes, "I'm a, I'm not going to do his." accent. He's like, I'm going to try and win that bet with you and Shaq. And like, that was cool. But the kid saying that to me, it was something about it being the kid that it just, that was weird. And, but it was also amazing. And so that's why, um, I don't know, like, I don't want to ever take it for granted because I see people in the industry that are like, I need certain things to be at a certain level. And like, oh, that's beneath me.
1: And look, there's nothing wrong with growing accustomed to a new role, totally. right? Like you walk into a stadium now and you can talk to 20,000 people and it doesn't phase you anymore. That's a good thing. That's yeah. not, it's not a bad, I'm just saying that like, it's nice to once in a while witness someone at their first oh, big yeah. thing and you go, Oh right, that's that's something that we should never take for granted. That like there's still people making their oh. stepwise moves up into their dreams, and that's well, uh, it's a well, this is what I'll say. Watch.
0: I'm doing the Rising Stars practice on NBA TV on Friday morning, and they have me upstairs in the suites getting makeup to do TV, and then we get ushered out by security right to the front, and we get and all the while there's scrums of media asking questions. And I was doing that shit six years ago. Yeah. And so for me, it's when I see like, I I would look down and I'd look at like what I'm doing now. And I'd see that person. I'd be like, yo, one day I want to fucking do that. And that's, that's the cool shit where you go, there is a process to all of this and there is a path. And even though that work seems annoying and tough, if you can, if you can direct it into the right ways and kind of figure out the system, It just, it's weird, man. Like I, I don't think I ever want to get used to it. Like I still want to be able to look out and be like, holy shit, that was me. But at the same time, it would
1: be weird if Ernie Johnson, every time he went on TV, was like, oh my God, can you believe we're on TV? (laughs) You'd be like, Ernie, you've been doing this since like 1985.
0: The funny thing is like me and Ernie one time, it was like after Friday night, we, I found myself like at a, at like a kind of a low, lower chiller bar and he was next to me and we're drinking. And I was like, do you ever find it hard to hear Shaq? And he goes, yeah, <laughs> like a lot. Like sometimes like they're talking in your ear and then Chuck is talking and Shaq makes a comment, but it's like, at such a low. And I was like, this is only a conversation that me and him could have. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was really cool.
1: Um, Before we, we, we get off of all-star yeah. weekend, I always like to ask, what was your favorite random celebrity run in? You know, like in an mm-hmm. elevator, like in a, in a lobby, you know, when you're just like looking around like, oh.
0: Who's that? What's going on? Yeah, I'm trying to...
1: uh, And bonus points if you saw a pair of... Like, an unlikely pair
0: of celebrities. Well, the Spades tournament was great. That's actually more entertaining. Okay, I want to hear that. Um, So, Saturday night, D-Wade had a Spades tournament, and my partner was Candace Parker. And if you do not know what Spades is, it is a card game of teams, two versus two, that is very popular in the African-American community. So, of course... I'm in it. And everyone's fucking going, do you know how to play? And then at one point we were... Sunday, I, I was like, hey, B- Charles, do you know how to play spades? And he goes, fuck you, Adam. He's like, every black person knows how to play spades. <laughs> okay. And he was like, "Do you?" He was like, I'll bet you $100 that every black person in this room knows how to play spades. And my fiance was in the room, and I knew she didn't know how to play spades. And I was like, bet. He yeah. goes, not including your wife. And I was like, ah, shit. Uh, which, Charles is just the best. But the spades tournament. The first game, it, we're up against Kenny the Jet Smith and his partner, and we're winning. And th- there's like a bunch of people crowding around, and every time I take a book, which is what you throw down, you win it, uh, people were like, ooh, and I was like, you guys have to st- stop giving me so much credit. And Candace gets a phone call. Her dad was like stuck outside. And she's going to come. I'm not putting this out on social. And uh, (laughs) Candace, Candace uh, looks down and throws an ace of diamonds. And there were hearts out there and immediately takes it back. And they go, oh, Oh, it's like in chess. If you take your hand off the piece, it's called a reneg." Okay, we lost the game because of that, like the score. And I got to hang out with Patrick Mahomes that night. Hey. He he came and literally followed uh, him and his awesome girlfriend Brittany followed me around every table, almost my rooting section. I said, "I just want you to intimidate who we're playing against." So like, against, did he and, have the Lombardi Trophy? No, because that's extra intimidating. But he's looking at him, and of course, he's drinking Cora's Light, and he's just like, "You're gonna mess up." And I was like, "Yeah, get him." Pat. <laughs> so that's definitely one of the like seeing Gary V and him coming over and be like, "Hey, you did great in that karaoke contest." I was like, "What?" Nice. Um, but yeah, I. It was funny because after the game we lost, I'm standing there and then Patrick's girlfriend comes up to me and she goes, I know that no one's going to say anything to you, but I know that if I did that to Patrick, he'd never talk to me again. And I just want you to know that it's okay to be angry. And I looked at her and I was like, thank you. Is she like a motivational speaker? She was just like, that's pretty good. It was clearly somebody that knows what it's like to be around a very competitive person. Sure. And then be like, it's okay. And I'm like, you don't know how much that fucking helped me out.
1: (laughs) Um, she she gave you an Emperor Palpatine moment. She said, "Feel feel the rage, feel the hate course through you."
0: I would say to answer your question at that tournament, I heard somebody talking. I said, "Damn, that sounds like Tiffany Haddish," and I turned around and it was Tiffany Haddish. That's and a I great was like, one. That's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, man. The NBA community is so different than the NFL community. The NFL community is so much more stare and compare where, like, you go to a party and everyone's kind of a little bit territorial and they're kind of standing on their corners and stuff. The NBA, it's like, I feel like everybody's best friends. Mm. And they, there's, there's, there's no, it seems like a lot less ego. And it seems like a, a lot more friendly is the, how I would compare the two uh, worlds. Interesting. It's a world that uh, a number of NFL college players are entering. Uh, and the combine is starting.
1: Wow, the Sultan of Segway strikes again.
0: <laughs> uh, We have two interviews on this episode. Maybe the first pick in the draft, depending on whether or not he wants to force the Bengals' hand, Joe Burrow. And then Jerry Judy. We're going to do Jerry Judy first. And I'm going to warn people. uh, Jerry Judy, by the way, could go number four I'm seeing in some mock drafts. He is... As I'm seeing Matt Miller and Connor Rogers, by the way, as we're getting ready for the NFL draft and the combine and pro days and all that stick to football is a podcast you should be listening to. If
1: you like this podcast, 99% chance you'll like stick to football.
0: But I'd also say this, there's going to be a lot of people entering the NFL draft conversation that have not focused on it all year. There are very few people that focus on it all year. You know, the Daniel Jeremiah's, you know, the Mel Kuipers. well, Connor Rogers and Matt Miller have been literally talking about it all year long. And so somebody like me coming on, I always I watch the combine and I go, I'll tell you what, that Jerry Judy's pretty good. And then <laughs> Connor's like, yeah, he's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I go, Oh, Matt, I but I watched him run 40 yards. I got it. So trust them a lot more, and then I'll catch up as the season goes on. But Jerry Judy's a big time prospect. Probably not the best interview to listen to because I think it was like his four-year-old brother. Um, I just invited him out to set. G. G. Thank G you for remembering his name. So uh, it's a funny interview. A little bit later, we're going to have Joe Burrow. But here is my conversation with Jerry Judy and his little brother, G. I got uh, two up-and-coming NFL stars right next to me. The big man, Jerry Judy, wide receiver, and the little man, G, he doesn't know you. how are the hands, Jerry. How's, how's G's hands? Uh, it's getting there. He's working on
2: it. Yeah, there.
0: man, you're a cool kid, man. I like you, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry. When you walked in, a few people that have watched a lot of your games looked at him
2: and looked at you and said, "Damn, I didn't know he was that big." <laughs> do you get that reaction a lot? Uh, actually, I do. People think I'm like five ten, five eleven. Well, you run like you're five ten. You know, what I mean? you got that speed. Yeah. But people actually really be surprised when they see me. Yeah.
0: Um, I want to say L'Chaim, because I see the Star of David on
2: your chest. What? Can you explain that to me? I'm Jewish, uh, so it call uh, me it call me like that. Well, I, I'm not I'm not really I'm not really Jewish. Yeah. They call me Jew, short for Judy. So. Wow. Yeah.
0: So you're gonna embrace this? What's up? Oh, hold on. Let's get the microphone.
2: <laughs> you're talking to that. What you gotta say?
3: Um, it's something that.
0: So explain to me what he just said. Is this place cool, like Alabama? Yeah. I think so. Do you think this place is cool? Yeah. You think it's cool?
3: What is that in your head?
0: This is a headset so that he can hear me talking, and then the audio goes into the cameras over there so that people can hear it later. It's a microphone. You're welcome. I want some. You want (laughs) some? Well, I'll get you one. If we can get a headset, we'll we'll put one on little G. All right, so they call you Juice, and you're going to... Dude, yeah. so it's really funny. You know who Tariq Cohen is, running back for the Bears? Yeah, yeah. His last name, Cohen, is a very Jewish last name. Uh-huh. So I gave him a bar mitzvah, and Jewish people love him. You could get the whole Jewish fan base on your side, man, <laughs> if you just become Jews... Yeah. I don't, dude, this could be a marketing opportunity yeah, here. It could be. It could yes. be. Yeah, that
2: is kind of smart.
0: I think that when you score a touchdown, you could just yell, L'chaim. <laughs> they ain't going to be able to hear it,
2: but I can try it.
0: Yeah, or yeah. I don't even know what a Jewish looking. Oh, gee,
2: oh, yeah. Oh, that boy got one. Can you hear us, G? You got one. Nice. You got your own chair. Yeah, you want to sit on the chair? You want sit on the chair? On the chair. Yeah.
0: This, is, this is one of the biggest you know, interviews I've ever had. Never in my life did I thought I would get to be Oh. Be able to speak to G. We're doing an interview with your I first. don't
3: know why this interview.
0: We're just talking, asking questions. How about this, G? How about you ask me and Jerry questions? Yeah. And we'll answer you. So ask us anything.
3: What is the favorite Jerry sport, basketball? Interesting.
2: <laughs> what is your favorite sport, basketball? <laughs> uh, my favorite sport is football. I don't play basketball. Correct. Oh, oh, it's a trivia question.
0: Okay. Um, I'll ask you a question, G. Yeah. When you watch Jerry play football, how excited do you get?
3: Um, I just get excited because I see Jerry football and I say, hey, and then I clap it off my hand. And what
2: did nice. you say? What you say? You say real tired? Yeah. Nice.
0: So he's about to go to the NFL.
3: Wait, what NFL?
0: Jerry, you want to explain to what the NFL is? NFL is National Football League, professional football.
3: Professional football?
0: Yeah. yeah. So Jerry, he played football for Alabama, and now there's going to be a team that's going to pay him money to play football for the rest of his life.
3: How did I play football if Jerry play football? If I be seven.
0: <laughs> well, you can. You can play later if you want to.
3: I don't want to play later.
0: Okay. Well, you want to play now or you want to play later?
3: I don't. I want to play now.
0: Wanna okay. Play now?
3: I want to play Jerry game now.
0: <laughs> what do you think, Jerry? Is he ready to play football now? Uh,
2: you think you're ready?
3: Uh, Jerry has two legless. <laughs> <laughs> the one is Jerry, but the one is mommy. So I don't have them. If if I if. If I play Jeremy football game yeah. when I can stay you I, you guys no, take it out will, your mouth. You guys will come. Oh.
0: Saliva <laughs> so on the mic is Oh no, you don't have to take it off? Yeah, put it back on. How about this? Ask me a question. Anything you want.
3: Um what is Jerry's favorite oh, trivia. sport?
0: <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go
2: football.
3: Papa, you already went to, Jerry already discussed that question.
2: Okay. <laughs> I already answered that
0: question. I did, I did. Um, Jerry, I could tell you're a good dude. Went to the biggest football program there is, Alabama. I didn't really see anybody stop you all year. This next step, though, um, you're used to expectations.
3: Hey, but you, you, that <laughs> Jerry is a He's the youngest guy in the whole wide world. Really? (laughs)
2: I'm the youngest. youngest?
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um,
0: uh, when you get excited, though, I'm sure you've been ready for this for so long. Like, what's your level of excitement right
2: now? Uh, I'm very excited. You know, it's just a a new journey, a new, a new chapter in my life that I'm very, I'm very thankful and very blessed to a part of you know this is a, a great opportunity to help my family out sure meet new, meet new people i'm just excited amari amari julio i mean they've put a lot in and i know they come back a lot
0: all those vets what do they tell you as you get ready for
2: this uh, just stay focused. Just stay humble. You know, just the usual. Just stay focused. Stay humble. Always work hard. Yeah. And don't don't never be complacent. You know. You know. You is know. Is that what? hard
0: for you? Or is that easy for you?
2: I feel like that. I feel like it's easy for me. You know, cause as I say I want to be known as one of the greatest receivers ever to ever played the game. Sure. So I'm gonna do whatever it takes to reach that goal. And when I set some uh, high goal, uh, I, I I I plan to achieve it. So. Who are the people that you steal things
0: from? Who are the guys that you looked at and you're just amazed at them, and you're like, I want to take that from them.
2: I, I look at a, a lot of receivers. Actually, sure. I got uh, a lot like a name: Calvin Ridley, Omar Cooper, uh, Odell Beckham, Stephon Diggs, Keenan yes. Allen. I, I take a game from a lot of who, a lot of guys. Who would you say is your favorite? Um, I don't. Really, I really can't say who my favorite, just because I like. I like. Certain guys yeah, I like to do. We lost do. G. Yeah. We lost G. Oh no! Uh, yeah. We weren't talking to him enough.
0: <laughs> come on back, G. You bet. G, 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 G. Hey. You, you want to come over here? You huh. want to hang out in the middle? You want to sit down? I'll tell you this about G. G's not afraid of anything. <laughs> nah, G, G is a G. G is a G. G is a G. Player. Get back in here, G. I can't let you leave upset. You're my buddy. For life.
3: Wait, is Jerry your buddy or of your buddy?
0: I really want both of you to be my buddies, if possible. If you'll if you'll be my buddy, I'll be your buddy. You be and buddy? why
3: is the city? Don't know this.
0: Hmm. Well, this is all Miami, and so we got the whole city behind us.
3: Wait, did you make the city? I did. By yourself?
0: It took me four days.
3: Okay. I need to ask you a question. Okay. What is what is Jerry's favorite number in this t-shirt?
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Favorite number in this t-shirt. Um, is it between 1 and 10? Um, it's 11. I'm going to guess 11. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, is that a number? Is that a Julio thing? Huh? Is that a Julio thing? Uh, 11?
2: No, nah, no. Nah. You've
0: had that for a long time?
2: No, nah, I, I never was. He just said Oh, he's just did. making this. Yeah, j- yeah. He just making a joke.
0: <laughs> you made a joke? No.
2: Okay. Um,
0: how about this? Let's talk about G. Yeah. Okay. Um, big brother. The first thing you mentioned when I mentioned the NFL was family. How does that go into the grind and the motivation for you? Like, how do
2: you think about it? Uh, just knowing, like, where we came from. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't really have a lot of support and a lot of stuff, you know, growing up you, that you wanted that you couldn't have because you don't have enough money. Yeah. So just having them around really motivates me to chase my goals and chase my dreams just so I could be able to take care of them and get them anything they wanted.
3: Bye.
0: <laughs> A G, a G, a G, a G. <laughs> hey. hey, his name is G, and he's sitting on a chair. He's got a nice shirt and fresh-cut hair. Yay. sitting here in Miami, Yay. and everybody knows his name is G. Hey. <laughs> you done? And G is the man. Um. When you say you didn't come from a lot, yeah. What are we talking? Hmm? Like, was it bad, bad?
2: Uh, you know, you know, sometimes you have. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you. Hold <have, laughs> on, on, One, one second, second, one second, G. Hold on, one second. hold on. You know, sometimes you have like, you know, you have you don't really have much. Yeah. You, uh, I'd probably say, you know, sometimes you struggle. You have enough, then you go, you go down, then yeah. you come back. But you know. What's it like to know
0: that the family, not gonna have to worry about that shit anymore?
2: Uh, that's a great feeling, you know. That what you. Sorry, really, sorry. <laughs> that that what you really that what you really work for. So it's it gonna be a great opportunity, you know. That what that's the that's the real goal for. For it. real, just being able to take care of your family and trying to create growth that so you can take wealth, so so you can take care of your family, family. Generational wealth. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. What's
0: the best piece of advice Nick Saban ever gave you?
2: Um. Just never be complacent, and if you if you choose if this is 100 your choice, why not give it 100 y'all? Life is a choice. Yeah.
0: Did you know that beforehand, or did it really hit you when he said it to you?
2: It really, it really stuck to me when he said it to me. Yeah. Uh, I know a little bit, but when he said it, the way he said it, it, it really stuck to me. Uh, you're gonna get asked a lot. Where do you want to go? Do you want
0: to be top 10? Are you the number one wide receiver? Um, how are you planning on avoiding all that
2: distraction? Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm just answering it honestly, and I, I don't really call it a distraction. But, yeah, what know, is honest for you? Honestly, you know, everybody, it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody want to go top. Everybody want to be the number one yeah. receiver taken off the board. See, I want to be the number one receiver taken off the board, but it's not up to me. It's not my choice, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to be that guy. and. Uh, if I don't, that's not going to stop me from working hard. It's just going to motivate me even harder to ground harder. What
0: do you listen to when you work out? Uh, What's in the playlist right now?
2: Uh, I got. I listen to Kodak. I listen to Meat Mill, yeah. uh, Lucci, Lil Baby. Yeah. What about Da Baby? I listen to Da Baby. Dude, yeah. that's yeah.
0: me right now.
2: Yeah, he's hot like, right now. Babysitter? Yeah. I'll, I'll mess it up.
0: <laughs> I'll mess it up. You're not allowed to listen to that, G. G, what music do you listen to? I can't talk. Okay. Good to know. Uh, it was good meeting you guys. I'm going to do something. Who's your favorite actor?
2: Favorite actor? Martin Lawrence. Interesting. Yes, I'm gonna, did you see Bad Boys 3 yet? Yes, I saw it. How was it? I didn't see it yet. Uh, it was good. You know, Martin Lawrence got a little old, so he kind of slowed down with action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Smith do all the work.
0: Oh, we lost G again. Okay. What I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you look in this camera. I want to give you your best acting voice, Two of the Yankees hat, and I want you to say that right to the camera. So, you want me to say, huh? Fra- frankly, I can't believe I'm talking, I'm allowed to talk
2: about him. Oh, you don't want me to say it? Just,
0: I want you to say it there very dramatically. Frankly,
2: I can't no. believe I'm talking to him. No, close. Frankly, to oh, close. Oh. Frankly, I- frankly, I can't believe I'm allowed to talk about him. Oh, frankly, frankly, I can't believe I'm allowed to talk about him.
0: In all seriousness, I love G. Um, I mean, there's something about having a younger brother like that keeps it all in perspective. You know what I mean? We're like, that's your guy. How much does he motivate you? Uh,
2: he mo- he motivates me a lot. You know, uh, him and my little sister. Yeah, you know, that's who. That's why I did it for. So since my sister not with us right now, rest in peace to her. Um, so, no shit. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Um, she passed away in my. My last year in high school. Wow. Yeah.
0: I mean that and that changes life, man. Yeah. It One, does. I'm sorry. But two, also like you're playing for something bigger than you. Yeah. And that's pretty incredible. As an Eagles fan, I'd love they ain't no way you left until then. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting past four. I don't know if you're getting out of ten. But either way, I can see you're grounded. I can see you're humble. And you got talent like a motherfucker, man. Thank you. I'm excited to watch you work.
2: I appreciate it. And
0: apologize to G. Are you here with anybody, brands or anything like that, sponsors? Oh,
2: no, sir. You're clean. Yes, sir.
0: Next Super Bowl, you're going to be making a lot of money with some brands, I can tell you right now. Good luck. Thank you. Okay? Really nice to meet you, man. Appreciate it. Jerry Judy, I'll say it, number one wide receiver in the draft. He's a Giants fan. He wants you. Mm -hmm. I'm an Eagles fan. I want you. we got Raiders. They all want you, man. I'm happy for you. Thank you. God bless. Hope you guys enjoyed that with Mr. Jerry Judy, double J, by the way.
1: Cuter than that little soft voice. Just that little. uh, I uh.
0: I thought the only thing better was the fact that Jerry Judy had a star of David. And it's because people call him him Jew. (laughs) Jew, And I'm like, listen, man, we did a thing with Tariq Cohen where we gave him a bear mitzvah. I was like, I'll, I will get you the Jewish fan base wherever you go. Yeah. I wanted to go to Miami or someplace where there's a, a big concentration. Why not Chicago, right? Let's load Eddie Goldman. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Get him on the guys. Uh before we get to Joe Burrow, just a few news and notes from last week. Our interview with Emmett Smith kinda went viral. Yep. Uh mainly the conversation of him with Dak Prescott saying he should take less money.
1: It was I mean, it, it was definitely like he was equivocating a little bit. He was like, you know, hey, if you want to keep this team intact, maybe you want to take a little bit less instead of the thirty-five million, you take a twenty-eight million.
0: So I don't want to make it seem like we're. But he blowing did it come out, out afterwards and say, I took less, but you should take less. Right. Yes. The other thing, though, is I want to say is to all the journalism students out there, if you want to know how to get good content like that, make your interviewee take four shots of Aradora. <laughs> Like, what's so funny is here's a clip that's being isolated and taken out. And probably the reason he was so comfortable was he was pitching Eradora, shout out to Super Bowl advertisements. Tequila. And like, guys, they didn't tell me to keep pouring the tequila. I just thought Emmett Smith was going to hate me. So I just kept pouring. And then by the time, like, I'm looking at him now when I rewatch it and go, oh, he's sauced. Like he was sauce, but then this was, I believe, like ten thirty in the morning. Ten thirty in the morning, and
1: f- he like had and probably, he had two or three in interviews before. I was going to say he, so probably, he was probably six or seven shots deep. Well, I don't know. So that was the truth. If he had said to you, like, look, I'll have a little sip just because, it's that's what
0: thing. he did say. But then I kept pouring I it, know. and he just kept taking. it. <laughs> I know.
1: And I'm wondering if he had said to you, like, look, man, it's ten thirty in the morning. I got twenty more of these interviews to go. I really can't. I got to pace myself. You would have respected that. But he kept drinking Absolutely
0: them. No, I, I would have kept pouring, and then I legend. would. Have t- Taken if he didn't. Oh, you would have just taken his. Yeah, absolutely. I would have liked to see him that too. And it's not like I didn't have 18 more interviews that day, too. Um, but that was funny. It's it goes back to what I what I was saying about the Combine that a lot of these stories are repetitive. Yeah. And so what annoys me is when you have the former player saying take less money, it's like catnip to the media. It's the same thing that we're gonna see this week with the Combine. There's going to be a quarterback that doesn't throw. And a lot of media people are going to say, don't be a wimp. What are you hiding? Go out there and throw the football and show it. And all I want to say is we have had a lot of quarterbacks that have not thrown. And I'm sick and tired of this narrative. I'm tired of it. Lamar Jackson, why aren't you running? You should do. He's not hiding anything to all the media members that get on their high horse about proving yourself and toughness to the 33%. If you see people going on this rant, I need you to post this clip right underneath so that I can go, you're an idiot. <laughs> you are an idiot. Because how many times does the media have to do the same story until they realize it's a fake narrative? It's a fake narrative. It's the same thing that if Wednesday or Thursday of this week, one of the players is going to say that a scout asked him a very inappropriate question. And we're going to blow up and there's going to be a two-day debate on all the talking head shows about, is it appropriate? Should we name the assistant coach? Should they be fired? Every year. And I just don't understand how people don't live in this bubble and they can't look at the same conversations every year and realize that we're ha- we're just talking about the same shit. And don't they get bored? Like, am I the only one that gets bored by this shit? I don't know.
1: Um, it depends on the question, right? Like, if there's a very inappropriate question, especially in years past, it's been like a racially tinged question. In those cases, I think it's very fair to ask where that question came from. But, but who we asked
0: do it. it. But we do it every year,
1: David. It's every year but that doesn't change the fact that it might be a different coach who still needs to experience some uh, some accountability for but
0: they never get out it. And they ne- we've we've never heard it. We've never heard like who, who asked the question. So that, that makes you think that we shouldn't even we shouldn't look into it. No, it's more of I want the listeners to be smarter and to not get outraged at how could this happen and not realize that the that the same week in February every year they're hearing the same thing. It's, it's, it's like watching a movie and being like, oh wow, that team won the state title. That's crazy. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't live my life in a vacuum, so I don't want to excuse them, but realize that the media is using, there is a media member that is going to go and ask the same question to everybody. Did you get asked anything inappropriate? Did you get asked anything inappropriate? And then when they find one, they blow the fuck up. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, I just like showing what the media really is. And it's just a lot of not creative people that are not imaginative that play the same fucking cards every year. And for me, it's like, why do I turn on NFL Network? Now you got me on a rant because I don't like the media a lot. When I turn on the NFL Network and I'm watching them debate, should they pay Dak? Should they pay Derrick Henry? Should they pay Ryan Tannehill? You take a Joe Burrow or Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And I'm like, can you make any fucking content that's not this or that? Mm -hmm. Can you make any content that talks about NFL players as humans? Can we get anything about lifestyle? Can we get anything that takes actual time, production? But it's always the same debate. That's why I can't do draft season. We turn these guys into enemies. Like this guy Chase Young, is he the greatest pass rusher of all time? We just had that conversation with Nick Bosa. We just had that conversation with Miles Garrett. We are going to have a wide receiver that is not going to have a lot of statistics, but they're going to run a four 40 and they're going to be six three two fifteen, and then they're going to be like, oh, we just had this with DK Metcalf, oh, we just had this with Kevin White. But we have these arguments in a in a vacuum, and every year it's about outrage and it's about comparisons, and I for one. I'm tired of it. And I'm waiting for someone at these networks that is getting paid to produce a show to go, let's blow it up. What else could we do? Mm. But it's every year. It's the same thing. And I'm just bored because then I have to do it on my show and I don't want to do it anymore.
1: That's great to to think objectively outside of the formats, you know, and just say, like, what's a way that we yeah. can discuss this? But you know as well as I do that every one of these media guys, they might— just be kind of uncreative the way you're describing, or they might have a series of number crunchers and producers in their head that are saying like, look, we tried something different last week. We got terrible ratings or like we got no tweets or we got no social impressions. But when you did Tua versus Joe, we got 800,000% of our, you know, our normal social engagements. I I would, I would
0: would argue that I don't think they've ever tried it, but I do agree that they're getting that serotonin, that dopamine Mm -hmm. for getting all these clicks and look, man, I know McDonald's makes you happy, but you don't fucking eat it every day. (laughs) True. like it's That's a nice analogy. I like that. You know, it it takes a lot longer to cook steak, but that's because it's better. And I just, I think the media gets into these cycles, and that's why when Amina Kimes writes a long profile and we learn about somebody, we go, oh, wow, that's great. And I know we need the balance. I just don't think we have any balance right now, especially when it comes to draft season. Again, that's why you should listen to Stick to
1: Football, because these guys go in-depth on all these guys. 365 days a year.
0: Like, hey, maybe Kevin White didn't work out because he went to like the Bears, who have not who before this last offensive coordinator didn't have any semblance of an offense. And maybe DK Metcalf went worked out because he played with Russell Wilson. It's not always because of like a hard and fast rule, you know? Mm -hmm. It's I was talking about this with Porzingis, where before Porzingis came into the league, Why would you ever take a foreign-born player? What about Darko Milicic? And then Porzingis and Luka do this, and now we're going to see, and it's, we're just just so reactionary.
1: Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's very fun to boo a pick right in the moment. Oh, my God. It's very easy to say, this team won the trade. And then four years later, you realize it was completely the opposite. You know, like it's very it's very fun as sports fans to go. I'm watching something on TV right now and I'm really mad or I'm really happy about it Like right now. You know, the thing that pisses me off most in sports right now, Mookie Betts left the Red Sox, my beloved Red Sox. Mookie Betts, the most exciting Red Sox player, maybe of my lifetime, like the Red Sox player that I'm most excited to watch on a daily basis since Nomar. I'm not kidding. Like this guy. Over, over Ortiz and Manny? I mean, I love those guys, but they're not as exciting to watch as Mookie. His best.
0: defensive abilities. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah.
1: I feel like Mookie makes three defensive plays. What about the laser show? Laser. Dustin Pedroya? Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> give me so many. Dude, I, I'm not saying that I don't have Yucalus? other beloved Red Sox. Give me Varitek. Give me Tim yeah. Wakefield. Okay, but
0: yeah, but what were you saying about him,
1: though? Give me Heath Slocum. Uh, <laughs> David Price and all stuff. Um, no, uh, just the like. I've gotten so mad about trades like this in the past. And in this particular case, I think it's pretty egregious because the team is purely just doing a cash-shaving job. Yes. They're just getting rid of $75 million of payroll by getting rid of David Price and Mookie Betts at the same time. But there are times in the past where there are similar trades, like where we got rid of Adrian Gonzalez and a big old right. salary dump. And people were like, you're trading away half our team. But then within 18 months, we were back in World Series contention. and, yeah, it was and directly he was wasting
0: of, away in San Diego. Yeah, and we forget
1: about these things, right. right? But right now, I'm very mad about the Mookie Betts. I don't have the fan... Uh, 30,000-foot view to say, like, you know what? Maybe if they get under the cap, that can help them increase right. their farm system. And then in four years, they'll be able to compete for more World Series than they are. Like, no, right now
0: I'm saying Mookie Betts is awesome, and I want him on my team. What, what I'm saying, though, is is I that is, like, what happened to your team is something that might not happen to another franchise ever, and it might happen in 20, 30 years. I'm not asking for perspective. We treat the combine, the players walk around in boxers and they openly say it is the most dehumanizing thing they've ever experienced. Yeah. It's their welcome to the league moment where they're treated like meat. And all we do is it's a mad lib of putting in new wide receivers for the certain debate that we're going to have. And we're going to debate Tua versus Joe Burrow. And it's going to be, well, what about his injury and what about his experience? And we do it every year. And so for me, it's like the NFL network, has an unlimited amount of NFL footage that they could do anything they want with. They have a cast of upwards of 30 Hall of Famers and Super Bowl winners. You're not telling me they couldn't sit four or five of those guys down and watch a game and shoot the shit and talk about it, record it and edit it down to the best 22 minutes? Mm. We we can't have developed and nuanced conversations. We can't have three of their all-time wide receivers sit down with three of their new up-and-coming wide receivers, and it's not about who's better, but they're just letting the kids ask questions. Like, they have unlimited access. Unlimited. And I just don't think they ever—what if they had a thing where they just dove into the vault and showed, like, hey, here's 22 minutes of the best of Ray Lewis mic'd up. I just—
1: I, I, have, an, I have an idea for a segment. Okay. It's called Hey, Whoa. And it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like when two guys get really heated and they're like, oh, I think Joe! No, I think Joe! And, and then you walk onto the set and you go, hey, whoa. Hey, whoa. They're both really good. Yeah. Okay, let's have— Hey, Whoa! and then, you know, they keep trying to like yes. aggressively yell at you and you just I also think in. there
0: should be penalty boxes for bad draft takes. That's fine. Like, oh, Pat Mahomes is going to work out. He went to Texas Tech. When's that ever happened? You're not allowed to cover the draft next year if you're that off. You know what I mean? Or I'm trying to think of what was like a draft like DK Metcalf. He can't run. He can't cut. He can't do that. You can't cover wide receivers this year. You love bringing up the Derrick Henry thing, right? Derrick Henry. People were like, "Oh, he's." It takes him thirty yards to get to that speed. He's too big and he's too fast to succeed in the We've NFL. We've never seen someone like succeed. Okay, then you can't talk about running backs next year. I just there's a lot of guys that have free reign, and they say this shit every year, and then there's no punishment. I just think that you know, broadcasters think they're athletes. Well then, you should be reprimanded like an athlete. You got to run sprints. Every
1: every pre show feels the need to like make picks, you know, and especially as gambling becomes more legalized, they might start making picks against the spread. Oh man. like that would be crazy. Could you imagine if Al Michaels before Sunday Night Football is like, I like the Green Bay Packers here, but I don't like the minus three and a half. I got to say, right. It's like what that would just like wouldn't that feel crazy to watch on? That TV? would impact the market, right? But imagine like if they had some accountability for making these picks. Like I think a lot they of bro-
0: don't even show the records of these guys week to week,
1: right? And they're only picking against like money line spreads. They should be picking 65, 70% of the
0: games if you're only doing who's going to win. Tony like 5 and 12. And you're <laughs> like, what is going on? Uh, the only other story I want to get to before the Joe Burrow interview is uh, this Greg Robinson caught traveling from LA to Louisiana with 157 pounds of weed more stories are coming out about how he randomly picked up a person and asked to drive it in the in his phone he was texting with an account that said like indoor grow operation like and he was picked up by border security on the way and it's a it's an interesting story because it it makes me wonder one is this the first time he's done it two did he not watch the mule and just hire an old guy to do this for you
1: or a young couple with a baby? I've always thought would be really good drug drug
0: on board. Absolutely. Definitely not like two, like not Greg Robinson, like a six foot seven, <laughs> like 340 pound black guy, recognizable like, football player. Like, yeah. yeah, we're not, that's not what we're doing, but it also made me wonder how in the span of 24 hours, 157 pounds of weed worth upwards of, Seven to $800,000 was on its way to Louisiana and was stopped, thus removing all of that from some form of monetary ecosystem, and then Drew Brees felt the need to come back next year. We don't know who that was going to, David. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's <laughs> interesting that saying, Drew's okay, like, I'm 41, and what was the picture that he put out on social? It was a hill, and you know what was all over that hill? Weeds, bro. Is this, this this is the conspiracy listen, board
1: you've been working on? Like uh, Charlie, listen, from it's man. Always Sunny. Drew
0: Brees, Drew Brees had to sue a jeweler recently, trying to get his money back on some diamonds. I'm just saying, what if Drew Brees is a kingpin? So I've watched what if Drew Brees is the kingpin of New Orleans. I've watched enough sort of like
1: Pablo Escobar style documentaries and things that like, you know, a boat gets stopped with like one point five million dollars worth of cocaine. It's like, Oh my god, they've made a dent in the drug trade and then you realize that like thirty of those boats are getting through every hour. You know, like, it's, when right. you hear about the numbers, the volume that they're getting at, like, this sounds like a lot of weed. Right. Don't get me wrong. 157 pounds yeah. of weed in this studio would be like, that's a lot of weed. Yes. But I'm saying, like, if you're talking about the state economy of a party city, yeah. I don't know if... Uh...
0: I'm just saying, Drew Brees just had to sue for $6.1 million about a weird appraisal of diamonds. You know, I'm just saying, I man, he's, he's in the diamond game. Drew Brees, Kingpin,
1: bro. It's a strong, strong take, and uh, I, I really hope. That but Drew you know Brees what he would to... say?
0: You know what he would say if the cops came to his door, and they said, "Listen, man, did you hear about Greg Robinson? Some fingers are pointing to you." He'd say, "Who that? Smart. Nice. It's good. All right. Speaking of the Saints, Joe Burrow's favorite quarterback ever, Drew Brees. Me and Joe wore the same damn shirt for the interview, and I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I interview rookies, and I go, "I'm rooting for that guy." This is one of those times. Here's my conversation with Joe Burrow. Hi. Hello. Welcome in to the ASMR Go podcast, where today I have Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, and apparent Gatorade spokesperson, Joe Burrow. Joe, before we start, do you have any tips for fixing my voice? I
4: got nothing for you. Maybe some, some gumbo. I don't know gumbo yeah
0: all right i'll hit up your coach yeah we'll make it happen um i was just saying to you i'm so happy for you congratulations it has been a whirlwind for me to watch so i can't even imagine what it's like to actually be a part of it um everything from the trophies to the emotional speeches to the cigar to the championship and you're about to enter the combine the draft and all that amongst all this how much are you enjoying it
4: I'm enjoying it as much as I can. You know, I'm not a big bells and whistles kind of guy. I'm a, if I'm not playing football, I like to sit on my couch and watch TV. But Sure. Um, I'm enjoying it as much as I can.
0: Um, I've been talking with a lot of people lately, recording this the week in which Kobe passed away, and about motivation and using things to kind of fuel you. And I can't stop thinking about it, so that's why I keep talking about yeah. it. Um, I've heard you talk about things in your past. Where are you right now with that? In terms of using slights to to create future success?
4: Look, the that never goes away. That, that stuff that you know, if when you go, if you want to go to a, a certain school and they tell you you're not good enough, no matter if I win the Heisman, the national championship, like that that never goes yeah. away. That's always there. So, yeah. and and there's there's plenty of motivation ahead of me too. So, oh. I mean, there's the motivation is not the issue with me. That's for sure.
0: Uh, I don't know if there is an issue with you though and that's what's awesome. You got the talent, you got the motivation, You're, you are you have a humble nature to you. Um, did college go, I know the beginning was weird, according to plan, like do you feel complete? Do you feel closure with the success?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I coming into college, I wanted to win the Heisman Trophy and I wanted to win a national championship and those the national championship was the big goal obviously but um, you know, I'd Coming out of high school, I, I didn't win this local player of the year, and all my buddies were like, well, when you win the Heisman Trophy, you can say, I won the Heisman Trophy, but you didn't win this local player of the year. Damn. So, like, we, we've been talking about this for a long time. That's
0: like the Jordan stuff, where somebody made his varsity team instead of him. Yeah. And even at his Hall of Fame speech, he brought the dude, because that's probably what he used for so fucking long. Yeah. You know? Um, I went and did a podcast recently where I said let's say Cincinnati takes you one I think you're the guy bro and the fact that you're from Ohio um I I, the future takes care of itself but what would it be like to play in Ohio having been from there and not getting that opportunity in college
4: yeah I mean obviously I still have so much love for Ohio that's where I was from that's where I was last week to to go see my hometown and you know whenever you're in this discussion to for the number one pick it's it's kind of crazy to even think about because you're at home watching the draft every year and see the first guy go up there, hold his jersey up, right. and take the picture. So it's you know, it's a huge honor to even be in, just in the discussion.
0: Um, Ed Ogeron, what percentage of words do you understand
4: <laughs> that he says? Um, so in 2018, probably not that many because during the game he gets fired up and he, start, he reverts to his... Like super South Louisiana yeah. Cajun accent, and I'm—I gotta calm him down sometimes. I'm like Coach, can't understand a word you're saying. Yeah. Just, just calm down and and, and tell me.
0: And now um, you speak like full Ojeron. Yeah.
4: Now he can go as fast as he wants. I know exactly what he's saying.
0: Um, how I could tell you appreciate him.
4: Yeah. Why? I mean, so when I was transferring from Ohio State, I was third on the depth chart as a junior coming off a broken hand, a broken throwing hand and not a lot of people really wanted anything to do with me. People I mean people like Alabama were calling and wanted me to be their third string quarterback and I was like, me? Like you guys, The guys must not know about me yet. And so he gave me the opportunity that not a lot of people across the country would and that, that for that like my family and, and myself, like he did all of this. I'm sitting here with you right now because Coach O gave me that opportunity. I this is a
0: big moment in your life sitting here with me. <laughs> some life-changing shit right yeah. now. Um, you're a kid, though. How old are you? 23. Damn. How many times are people saying you got your whole life ahead of you, but at the same point, they want to talk about every, what are you going to do for the combat? Like, yeah. it's this weird mix. What's it like for you? You
4: know, it's, a, it's an inter- interesting moment because for this, this is the first time in my life I'm not on a team, and I can focus truly on my craft and not, you know... Getting timing with certain receivers, or you know, making sure guys that don't usually like to work out hard, making sure they work out hard. Um, so this, this, it's couple self of months, motivation. Yeah, man. this is this is the first time and probably the last time in my career that I can do just focus on me for these couple of months. Who are you going to work out with this summer? Jordan Palmer. He's yeah, man, he's, dude. he's great.
0: What is the sales pitches from those guys like? Did you meet with a few of them, or was it like this is who I want to work out with? So you know, it's.
4: I went out last summer and worked a little bit with him, um, just kind of fueling everybody out, see who I wanted to work with, and he was great, Yeah. and, and, he's, got, and he's trained some great quarterbacks in the past too. Um, so I haven't been out there yet. I'm about a month behind everybody else because we were playing in this thing called the National Championship. But
0: Yeah, I've um, heard of it.
4: Yeah, so I'm going out there on Monday. I'm, I'm excited to get started.
0: For so long, I've looked at LSU wide receivers, and it's hard to project them. Because, and I'm not taking shots. Quarterback play and the offensive system hasn't always been there. With you, though, the way these young dudes exploded on the scene, how many of them do you think are first-round
4: caliber wide receivers? Three. All of them. Yeah. All of them that were playing. And then we have a great tight end, Thaddeus Moss, who's coming out. He's going to play for a long time. He might not go first round, but he's, he's a, one of the toughest guys on our team. He'll push your face or his face and your face in yeah. movie where you don't want to go. He, he's really really good.
0: When you were playing with a dude whose dad is Randy Moss, was there ever a time that you looked over the sideline and were like, "Holy crap, Randy Moss is here?"
4: No, not really cuz he he went to, you know, he went to a couple games, but he's doing the uh, the TV, NFL yeah. live um, stuff, so he didn't get to come to a lot. Um, but there's some plays that Thaddeus makes in practice that are like, "Yep, that's Randy's son."
0: You're going to have a lot of people come up to you and be starstruck is there somebody that you haven't met yet football wise that you're going to be a little like mine's brian dawkins i grew up an eagles fan who would be that person for you
4: it was drew Brees. i met him at the national championship you know it was i was trying to keep together and just talk about football but i was like jittery talking to him because you know he was you know i kind of gravitated towards him when he was with the chargers had his shoulder thing nobody really wanted him and then he goes to the saints and has one of the best careers of all time of course and you know i I was a saints fan growing up because of drew Brees. growing up in ohio
0: but now you did not have the injury when you were growing up no so what about his story even at that time drew you to him you know i think
4: just the the underdog mentality you know he's five nine five ten five eleven six foot whatever you want to call him and it's just a great great player and yeah you know, just the way he handles himself in the media, I just try to try to model anything I can off of him. And and we were running kind of the same offense this year, so With we ch- got to actually yeah. talk some a little bit of ball that we, you know, had the same terminology That's going right? to be the
0: wildest shit, is you're going to see, like, a Brady or a Breeze, and you're going to start talking about concepts. And you're going to realize that you're going to be, like, the only two in the room that even understand the language. Yeah. And it's just yours. Um, what about um, have you had people that have, like, I've been like, holy shit, Joe Burrow, and you're like, how do you know my name? Like, who has that happened with?
4: Well, well, Drew wanted my autograph, Stop. which was crazy. Stop. Yeah, which after the game we did like a jersey swap, and that was like one of the coolest things Because it makes sense if ever. you
0: want his jersey, but he has your signed jersey.
4: He has jersey? my – I signed a jersey for Drew Brees, and he has it some – I don't know where he put it, but he's got it somewhere, unless he wow. just went and threw it in the trash. Wow. Yeah, Nuts. How are you going to try and maintain that relationship? I should, yeah, I sure hope so. I mean, yeah. I would
0: be texting that mother, but you don't want to text too much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Drew, what was for breakfast? <laughs> Good. That's what I'm eating too. <laughs> um, you, over the next few months, who do you expect to get compared to? Like, who do you think your comp is going to be?
1: I hope
4: it's I hope it's myself. Right. You know, I try to. You know, I think the whole comp thing is it's a lot. It's a lot, and it's a lot of pressure on young men that haven't done anything yet. It's good that you know that. Yeah, and so I'm, you know, I'm focused on being the best football player I can be. I'm going to work just like I've always worked. You know, I've, I've gotten to this point because of my hard work, and yeah. I'm, I'm just going to do what I always do.
0: That's exciting, man. Uh, what are you the most excited about?
4: Well, my first purchase is going to be a personal chef. So that's—I'm awesome. very excited about that.
0: Are you a good eater now, or do you like to get down on some grub?
4: No, yeah, I'm a good eater um, during the off season, but during the season I kind of pig out. Of course, yeah. you gotta get—got to keep my weight people up. People
0: don't realize how much weight you can lose yeah. during a season,
4: especially when you're going through a training camp in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in August. Jump like a lie
0: like a—Okay, so you're gonna get a personal chef. And they're going to be kind of like living with you?
4: I don't know. That's to be determined. But I know I'm going to get someone to make, make some meals for me.
0: Very happy for you. Uh, I know you're with my guy Jason with yeah. Gatorade yeah. today. Love that dude. Um, let me hear the pitch. Let me hear if you're ready you got to it. be an NFL yeah. pitch man.
4: <laughs> so so everyone knows Gatorade, the drink. That's that's what you drink on the field to you know, stay hydrated. Sure. And then Bolt 24 is what you drink off the field to kind of replenish everything. It's got antioxidants, electrolytes sea salt all that good stuff so i'm super excited to be partnering with them you know gatorade is this elite brand that i wanted me to partner with them so i'm super excited about it
0: and as someone that's getting a personal chef your endorsement means you who know, cares about you there you go that was actually pretty good thanks um, are you used to doing T V and stuff? Like where do you think your
4: comfortability comes from? I don't know. I just like talking to people sometimes. Yeah. And guys that ask good questions, I'm super engaging. If I'm, you're not if Are you, you don't, saying
0: I'm asking good questions? Yeah, I'm
4: saying you're asking good <laughs> questions. Guys that don't ask good questions, I'm not a very good interview.
0: That's pretty good. Yeah. How would you rate me as an interviewer? Am I a first lady? Seven,
4: seven and a half.
0: Out of eight. Out of ten. Okay, what could I do better? Other than have a voice.
4: I mean, it's hard to get a 10. Nobody's ever got a 10 or even a 9 before.
0: You're going real pizza review on me right That's
4: now. That's what I was actually thinking. Like if it. I give you a 10 and someone beats you, it's impossible. Like Were you just on Dan Patrick? I, uh, I was uh, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Done, yeah, I haven't done Dan Patrick yet.
0: Do you, you're a younger generation, you're 23. Do you remember that part of like Sports Center, or was that before your time? I remember a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I like want to do movie Like, do you, you saw Zoolander? Did not see
4: Zoolander. <laughs> Stop. So you don't even know what Blue Steel is? Nope. I'm, uh, I'm older than most college football players, but not that old. Okay.
0: Go watch it. Blue Steel is a slow turn to the camera, and you give it that model look. That's incredible. In all seriousness, I wish you unlimited success. I want you to keep being who you are. I have one thing I need you to do. You got it. Reach in here, pull out a random sentence, um, and then that camera where the Yankees hat is, I want you to give it your best... Denzel Washington Very serious acting uh, Line This is Joe Burrow everybody
4: Bleacher Report Give this man a raise
0: Wow So it's been very funny Because random people Pulling out And you're about to get A huge raise Last question Do you know What the first purchase is And is it for yourself Is it for your parents
4: Personal chef
0: That'll be the first purchase Yeah
4: First one, it. I'm not a car guy. I'm going to keep my old beat-up Jeep. Nice. Yeah. By the
0: way, that's an amazing move during the draft process because teams are going to be like, this guy has this old-ass Jeep. He's so humble. <laughs> that's how you fuck the system. I'll make sure I'll
4: bring the picture of it. I love it. Yeah. Joe,
0: congratulations, Thank man. You. I Heisman it. Trophy winner, national champion, Joe friggin' Burrow with Gatorade and Jason because Jason is the man. I like Burrow a lot. Also, if you, those sentences at the end, I've already posted it on Twitter. I've pinned it to at Adam Lefko. It was sort of like a mastermind thing that me and Ingber had and that our, our amazing editor, Jake, was able to put together. Where if you notice, I'm having everyone read a sentence at the end of the interviews. And you guys already heard Dan Patrick sort yeah. of go, I know where you're going with this. We compiled it all, it is all on my Twitter, at Adam Lefko. check out what we did. But it's still funny, as the week's going on, to listen to these guys give their best Denzel impersonation of these lines.
1: The reactions ranged from like, what the hell are you having me do? To like, sure, I'll read anything on camera, which is like funny to see from
0: To like learning that some guys don't know how to read. And that's going to be coming up next week, which is pretty funny. All right. So uh, again, because of my travel schedule, because I'm going to Atlanta up and back and up and back, I am recording a bunch of these ahead of time. So I'm not going to be reacting to the combine right away again. That's why I'm telling you about stick to football. uh, Because right now, as I kind of get through all this NBA stuff I'm doing, I'm not going to be able to talk as much draft. That's just the unfortunate byproduct of it. But we are planning on having multiple round tables this year between myself and the stick to football guys. Hopefully uh, Miller will be here in person, but definitely Connor Rogers. We did one last year and it was one of our most popular podcasts of the year. We want to do two or three. So we're hoping maybe one or two, maybe one in March, maybe two in April as we get closer, having those good draft discussions. Um, good to be back with you. It's so good to be back. Yeah. Combine dig it. <laughs> Okay, that's enough. I am the L E F K O E man for David Ingmer. Be the push-ups you want to see in the world. What number are you at right now?
1: Three thousand. Three thousand even after fifty even. days.
0: How did you feel any different? I
1: feel so different. My back is better, my, my core feels better. How do your like, shirts fit? <laughs> they fit so much better. They're draping nicely. Wow. I'm getting into like I'm, I'm starting to do sit ups between sets of push-ups because I'm just like feeling it. I'm already out there, I'm in my gear.
0: This is a perfect setup. Segway two. March third, 3, three 3-3, percent. We are gonna do thirty-three days eat of like, eating a homie? like a homie. Love it. So you can couple that with your push ups. Your wife is gonna look at you one day and go, I don't know what it is,
1: but it's good. She's made some comments it. and I'll tell you what, it feels good, people.
0: Hey. So get ready, March third, we're gonna eat like a homie. Love you guys. Holla 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 holla. See you guys later.